Hello and welcome back to Mind the Millennial Gap podcast. My name is Chris. I'm an elder millennial. And my name is Jillian and I am a younger millennial. And together we discuss topics from our different millennial points of view. We are very excited. Today's a part two to episode five, what we did last week. And so there's some additional information. There's, there's a couple of short stops or uh, maybe we just needed to, to let people know about the bonus episodes that we were talking about, Jillian. Just the tiny little things. Uh, the Was it City of Light? Yep. So we are going to be releasing a bonus episode where we talk about the TBN network, Kesha, and the City of Light. All three, all three things we talked about in the last podcast, they were kind of um, unfinished. We didn't have a lot of information about them. So I did a lot of research. We'll be releasing a bonus episode this coming week on those three things. I'm very interested in the City of Light. I know nothing about the City of Light. It was, just to refresh everyone's memory, it was something I mentioned in, the, in, the, in episode five. Um, And it was based off of a kind of vague memory I had of growing up in Charlotte, North Carolina, and um, this this thing called City of Light that I watched being built. Um, But I never knew what happened to it. I never knew exactly what it was. Um, And just a little, little teaser for this, I should not be surprised anymore when things are scammy. But this one took such a wild and unexpected turn that I could almost like honestly not even believe it it was it it was crazy it was crazy so stay tuned for that it'll be a fun one i'm looking forward to that all right next thing uh before we get into it we need want whatever it is to thank everyone that is listening to our podcast Uh, we couldn't be more thrilled and more surprised with the number of people that are are listening and the number of uh, listens that we are getting, so the 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 biggest thank you to to everyone that's been listening there. And then if you do find value in this and you find us entertaining or the topics that we cover, things that uh, you find valuable, feel free to share it with your peers, uh, your friends, your family, anyone that you think might uh, also enjoy what Jillian and I are talking about here. Seriously, to tack on to that, it's been so fun watching the numbers grow and watch the countries grow where people are listening to this. And I think we had Kenya, like Kenya added to the map today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, so a great time. We really appreciate those of you who have shared, those of you who have told us how much you like it, whether in person or digitally. Like seriously, we could not appreciate you all more. Yeah, feel free to come find us and interact with us on our uh, platforms. Uh, we're on TikTok and Instagram at Mind the Millennial Gap. And then we're also on Gmail at Mind the Millennial Gap at gmail.com. And we're open door. Please come. <laughs> please come chat with us. We'd love to interact with anyone. We'd love to take suggestions on content uh, for future episodes as well. Okay. Today we had the follow on. So last week was Millennials are Leaving Religion. And because Jillian did such a great job, still by far my favorite episode to date that we have done. I I wanted to have her just do a quick recap of it so that we can segue into the material that I found for this one. All right. So last week we talked about the um, thought that millennials are leaving religion. And the three things that we kind of learned from that episode are 
millennials are only living Christianity um, in massive numbers. So when we say millennials are living religion, it's it really uh, drills down to Christianity. People are unsure on why they're leaving. And by people, I mean researchers. There's no one good data point to point to why millennials are leaving, um, but they're not coming back when they are. There was an expectation that um, as millennials started facing some of the milestones like marriage, starting a family, that there would be a return to religion. And what researchers are finding is that that's, that's not the case. Millennials are leaving religion, Christianity, and are staying out of it. Wonderful. Thank you for the recap. The day's content is if they're leaving and not coming back, millennials, that is, are leaving and not coming back, where in the world are they going? What are they doing? So I needed to uh, create some clarity and uh, tell you all that I completely misunderstood last week what religious nuns were um, (laughs) as as a title. (laughs) As a title, I thought Jillian was referring to these people who don't want to identify with any religion as nuns, N-U-N. When I got into... (laughs) When I got into the topic and I got into like researching things online, I didn't realize Jillian was saying the word N O N E S, <laughs> the religious the religious nuns. So yeah, held on to that one way too long. So apologies for whatever poor joke I said <laughs> about religious nuns last time. When we're talking about nuns, it's it's not it's not the 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 women that devote themselves to to God and the Catholic religion. It's the people who just don't identify at on any level for anything religious. So yeah, clarity from me because we are going to talk about some nuns. <laughs> Feeling such a good sport to put up with. <laughs> to be fair, I thought the Pew Research Center was only researching religious stuff because I thought PEW, like the church pews, for forever. So just a lot of misunderstanding about what they do. Pew Research Center, if you're listening, we love you, number one fans. But maybe clarify your terms a little bit. <laughs> We're actually going to go dive into the our, our best friends at the Pew Research Center here yes. today as well. And so I, I wanted to segue, I wanted to set a couple things up before we really get into the meat of where people are, are, are going, millennials are going, if they don't identify as uh, religious. And so when, to recap, nuns, N-O-N-E-S, the nuns Thank you, Chris. Of, of religion, <laughs> um, when I was looking through sources, there, there are multiple sources over different time periods reporting at different like years there, but they would put the millennial nuns uh, anywhere from 24% to 31%. So from a quarter to a third of all millennials actually identify as not religious or, or as this category of nuns there. And that kind of lines up with what you had last week, right? Jeech? I think we read the same report on that one. Yes. Fabulous. One of the things that I went additional into is that in a 2010 Pew Research study, uh, they compared millennials to other generations and showed that of those between 18 and 29 years old, so a little bit on the younger side of the millennial spectrum, well, I guess 2010, that was 12 years ago. Now, that, that probably encompasses quite a bit of our millennial uh, spectrum here. Yeah, that would include you, an elder millennial at that point. 
But at that time, only 3% self-identified as atheist and only 4% identified as agnostic. When in a report eight years later from the Pew Research Center, um, the, what that sits there and tells me is more and more people aren't reaching outside to like truly identify not religious. Um, I, I think atheist as, as a label or agnostics as a label are uh, maybe the other side of, of the, the line or the spectrum of religion. It's, I don't identify as anything could be there factual within religion at all. I, it's, it's maybe science or it's maybe happenstance or whatever. But what I saw from another Pew Research Center report that was eight years later, they said 72% of the nuns actually have a belief in God, a higher power, or a spiritual force. Yes, that's one of the facts we ended on last weekend. That's one of the facts we ended on last week. Um, super excited that you brought that back up. It's a good one. Yeah, and it's, it's quite interesting. So I don't know if people have more, more ways to identify what they're like true like selfs are when it comes to their religious identification there, but none probably wraps it a lot more into what is reality. And so I just found that very interesting because that leads us into, it's like, cool. A lot of people don't want what is maybe more organized Christianity is what we found out last week, but it doesn't mean they're completely disassociated from an understanding or a thought that there could be something out there bigger than themselves or that uh, they're not spiritual at all. They're, they just, everyone turns into a heathen when they don't go sit in a pew at church on a Sunday. Right. And so we're going to go sit there and look through uh, some of these things of what everyone really, really wants. And so when it comes to the millennials themselves i wanted to just take a moment and like go back and identify with a different generation to to show kind of the the difference of our generation and our age but what maybe i recognize as a, another uh, group of people in a previous generation that kind of did the same thing right and so in the 60s and early 70s like the hippie movement seems to be somewhat relatable to me when it comes to uh, a, a group of individuals within a generation that don't necessarily want to continue down the path of what is maybe normal or, or laid out for them, right? And so are you familiar with, with the hippie movement at all, Jillian? I know that you sometimes identify as hippie-esque. Really? You think I identify or do you identify me as that? Um, maybe it's hippie vibes is what self labels, <laughs> right? I, I, I always hear you say, oh, it has hippie vibes and I really get, you know, I really like vibe with that. It's true. I do like some plants and I do like some macrame and flower print. <laughs> maybe hippie aesthetic. Yeah. But uh, long story short, group of college age kids all started identifying and started maybe, um, taking a path that was not as conforming as what society had laid out for them. And they ended up traveling to like destinations. One of the, one of the famous ones being Berkeley, California, where they were all getting together to go into this 
community that they were trying to stand up and I, you know, find people that held common thoughts, common traits, uh, common ideas so that they feel more comfortable, right? They, they were, they were seeking community where they were minorities potentially elsewhere. Right. And they were all, they were all seeking each other. It wasn't just Berkeley, but I know Berkeley was a more famous destination for that. And so this reminded me a lot of the millennials and saying, well, if, if I leave one set community, am I going to a different community? Am I not going to a different community? Do I, do I feel lost? There were all of those types of questions. But at the end of the day, the, the advent of the internet, the accessibility of technology and the internet truly actually allows people to go find whatever community that they that they want or that they identify with without having to go get on a bus and go across the country to go to go find your people and find your community and, and so that's why I just want to relate that to hippieism any any thoughts there at all Jillian before I move on no I think that's really beautiful as humans we like need community kind of within our souls in order to I think m- m- meet our peak human existence happiness all of those things so you're right maybe i do identify as a hippie after hearing that that does sound exactly right you're a beautiful hippie (laughs) thank you so i when i first thought this through i was like oh millennials like brunch instead of sitting in a pew at church that that's where my head went right but there's a lot more to that but I don't know what uh, what's brought along brunch in the last 10 years either. I don't think I'm much of a brunch goer, but I hear more and more people doing it. Um, but when it comes to where they really go, it's, it's kind of spectrums. It's kind of where you sit. It's kind of uh, the level of spirituality or non-spirituality and what kind of avenues you take. So I wanted to start with uh, people that are spiritual, not religious. Ooh, interesting. So, so when you hear spiritual, not religious, what does that prompt? I think of um, the stereotype of Southern California and all of Hollywood where they're like walking around and they're like, I'm spiritual, not religious. I also think of myself because I think that's how I'd identify yeah. yoga, clean eating. That, that really things. kind of dives into <laughs> to, to kind of what those options were, right? So I have written down yoga. And, and meditation. So maybe, maybe practices of more uh, Eastern, you know, far Eastern religions that have a lot less. Uh, it, it's more, it's more of like a practice of self than it is a practice of community. And I find that uh, a, quite a few people find that yoga and meditation Things that they could pick and choose from maybe what those religions were to to still reach some spiritual level or have some spiritual type of effect on their lives. And those spiritual, not religious people still go and they choose and they practice those types of things. So, Gigi, you're, you do yoga at at some points in time. I know th- um, that we're not we're not consistent. But we did do we did do Torrent this morning. Shout out to Torrent Spin Class. That was awesome. Cool ten. Great <laughs> instructor. But yoga and meditation. I know that meditation is something that you've been working on uh, as of late. Why that? 
So I think a few things. It definitely, um, that for the spiritual aspect of it, it reminds me that I'm part of something bigger than myself and allows me to kind of get out of my own head and stop worrying about the little things that kind of plague you and move yourself. This is, for those of you who understand these, moves you out of the 3D into kind of the 5D thought of instead of the the 3D world we live in where we're focused a lot on money and success and everything kind of into the bigger picture of love and harmony and being um, like true to your purpose and being um, like good, good human beings for the time we're here and then good everlasting souls for all of our incarnations or whatever comes next. So I just, I like it as a way to uh, kind of calm down my nervous system and remind myself that really it's not a huge deal. Right. And so I think you can take it to uh, all sorts of different levels of that practice. I know that they have meditation retreats where they try to create an environment for you and, and you're there and you're truly concentrating on that. But I know some people just really sit down in the morning, just sit in a chair, sit in their, you know, sit in their mind for just a little bit, try to get themselves straight. So it can, it can span all sorts of different practice there, but, but yoga and meditation seems to be on the rise within millennialism. Uh, so I just wanted to hit on that point. But I also want to ask you, do you know who Melissa Urban is? Does that ring a bell at all? No, it doesn't. I have okay. no idea who this What is. about Whole30? Oh, yeah. Uh, what did you call forest church mountain church yeah yeah Yeah. i wanted to talk about that for a moment oh man i'm so excited for 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 everyone who doesn't know what whole 30 is can you take them through that just really quick oh it is an eating plan and for 30 days you go without certain things a very strict eating plan yeah it was it was a big kind of fad diet in the early 2010s um i remember I i can't remember what you can and you can't eat but i do remember being really grumpy for a long time on it and you would get kind of like the the flu like the yeah the i've never flu. done it but i remember yeah i remember some suffering folks that i worked <laughs> yeah. with suffering is the word yes where it was raw vegetable was oh, was yeah, that, what they were seems familiar is what they were subject yeah. to eating through this 30 day cycle of of eating i'm gonna tell you i looked really good afterwards but I don't think anyone liked being around me for 30 days. <laughs> Just the best looking grumpy person so, alive. So, and I had a client, like a customer facing job at that time. And I am so sorry to everyone who I had to interact with at that time. <laughs> but Melissa Urban, I didn't, I didn't catch her years ago because of the whole 30 diet. A whole 30 wasn't anything that I, that I chose for myself, but she had this thing where she would, um, so she's here in Utah, Of just coincidentally, uh, we are too, but I remember seeing an article or maybe a YouTube where she was taking people on a hike and she said, we're going to church. And I was like, oh, that, that's kind of a funny thing. That is, outside of like the belief in the creation of, of that, her whole thing is going hiking being in nature which which utah is a beautiful destination to hike and and be in nature but she says that was more connecting to her than any other maybe more organized 
church experience that she had ever had in her life. I believe she has podcasts. There's tons of stuff that you can go look up on her. And I know this was very relatable. That's why I put it in here for you, Jillian. So when it, when it comes to like going to, you know, air quotes, <laughs> going to church, but not going to a building, not sitting in a pew, like what is that to you? So as I started my journey out of the organized religion I grew up with, Mormonism, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, um, I had made an agreement with the person I was in a relationship at the time that even though I was leaving, I would be using that three-hour block that I would have been in church to do something spiritual for myself. Block of time for everyone. Block of time. Yeah, block of time. Thank you. Um, and so there were two things that I found that really, that I, I went back to and um, kind of based off of Melissa's whole uh, forest church, mountain church, and they were road biking. I would take my bike and just bike along trails forever and just like sit and think and kind of ponder and then going to drag brunch downtown. Um, and those two things just brought me so much, it, it felt like connection to myself, connection to um, human beings, more than I ever had felt in a pew, in organized religion, anything like that. And it truly um, kind of started shaping my own beliefs on um, what's not even good or bad, but just like what's the spectrum of life and living and how do I connect as a human being to other human beings and the souls around me and the energy. So yeah, all for it. <laughs> yeah, I... My my experience, there definitely is something about being outside and removed from some of the hustle and bustle of normal day. Uh, there, I I am not a a positive hiker. I said I grumble <laughs> from the start of the trailhead up. I'm destination hiking is what I what I have participated into, but I grumble the entire way up. I'm breathing hard and I'm sweating. I'm not having a really great time, but every time I stop, take a look around, I was like, oh, changes everything. Or when you get to the destination, oftentimes the top of something out here in Utah, I have a completely different tune. I'm that guy that's like, isn't (laughs) this great? Oh, I'm so glad we did this. How beautiful is this? (laughs) When you spent the last three hours with me just not talking, just grumbling to myself the whole time. But there is something we 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 like going out. We like being out in this in this state. Uh, it's a very outdoor state, and there's always something about how it connects to to truly what is your soul um, on being out in nature and connecting with what is beautiful out in the world. And so I I couldn't help. <laughs> but definitely make sure Melissa Urban and her saying, I, she gets all the credit, going to church, just being outside. There, there's something spiritual to that for her, and I can kind of understand that. Okay. Lastly, this is also put in here, especially for Jillian, but an ever-growing cohort of millennials, when they do leave organized religion, of which we identified as Christianity, they're really starting an uptick of exploration of astrology and crystals. I love it. This is incredible. And so we're still in this like <laughs> spiritual, not religious range of those decisions. And so <laughs> Jillian, how do you feel about falling into this, this cohort of millennialism? 
as I sit here with the crystals like five inches away from me on the couch, I feel great about it. This is great. What is it? What is it that attracted you? So, so you still have um, an an interest in being spiritual at, at some level, but what is it about exploring this alternative to organized religion that maybe piques your interest? So, I think as humans, we kind of tend to like to put ourselves in boxes to explain why we are why we are good why we are bad like what are our what are light and shadow qualities and like so astrology like I always read my little horoscope when I was little and everything um and I'm gonna be honest I don't know a ton about it I have um some really good friends that do and I love learning more about myself from you and Chris you actually had a a reading that I think shook you to your core because it was so accurate I (laughs) I'm a skeptic still I there, there are parts of it. I'm like, hmm, that was interesting. D- did I like show like a sign on my face? Did I, did I twitch? Like, I really, really. This, so, this a, a friend of ours is is deeply into. Has been studying it for years. Is uh, what I believe at this point. Shout is, out to Megan. Yeah, Megan. And so, uh, I tried to not give her any sign any information whatsoever when she was just trying to understand um gosh it's a it's so far past my understanding zodiac and astrology (laughs) and what she was doing but man there were some things that's like that's that's definitely me and for someone who knew little to none about your past she nailed it it was kind of crazy to like hear those words come out of her mouth it was awesome Right. And yeah. so I actually talked to her afterwards. I, I, I expressed my like my surprise on, you know, what she had read and, you know, what she had interpreted as, as me from the stars, I guess. And, and my sign is how that all happened. Um, and she was so cool to let me just sit there in my skepticism, too, at the same time, because I, I just have a hard time coming around. There's There's got to be some formula that fools you but i would love to be proven otherwise because i think it's actually very cool it is very cool but yeah there's some zodiac is like super hip again uh crystals generally what sign are you what sign am i yeah uh i'm a scorpio you're the most scorpio scorpio i've ever met and so i still don't know what that means (laughs) But I just know being born in November makes me a Scorpio. You're a little dark and twisty. Did you ever, this is a side note, as a kid, did you ever get into birthstones? Yeah, mine is garnet. What's yours? Mine's yellow. It's, it's, not, it's not the prettiest one. I think it's topaz. Oh, topaz is very lovely. If I'm, well, there, there's so many other pretty colored ones that I always thought as a kid. But I remember uh, mood rings as yeah. a kid. Was it? Yeah, topaz. Thanks, Ace. Um, I remember mood rings as a kid, and it was like based off of like your body heat. Somehow, some way, it would change the color of that ring. Jillian, you unlocked a core memory of Reliant Kate's "Let's Get All Emotional Girls to All Wear Mood Ring" song. That if anyone remembers Reliant Kate, was a religious band. Religious kind of Christian alternative, band. maybe punky band. Yeah, yeah. That song that was just full of. Full of not nice things about women. 
I just remember how into so my sister's a little bit I have I have a sister, she's a little bit older than me. And um as as uh we were young, we had to do everything together, which I think happens very often, right? When you have when you have siblings that are not too not too far from your age. It's just like you do it all together. But because she was a little bit older than me, uh it it seems like she had maybe more of the decision making uh in in those moments i don't know how many times we went and lurked at burst store burst stones at at like stores and i have no clue where all these stores are that had all these burst stones but these are just memories that i have that's amazing when was she born uh she's a december birthday so she had a blue stone i I think i remember okay very cool yeah but yeah i know bring it all back (laughs) (laughs) so like zodiac Super hip again, not just a little blurb in a newspaper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, crystals are very pretty and potentially have power, yes. is what I wrote down. <laughs> 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 and so uh, I, just, a, just a little more info of, of Jillian and myself. When we go traveling or when we go through uh, towns or places we haven't been before, it seems every place we go, we can at least find one crystal shop <laughs> to go and visit and see their wares and see what fine things that they have or don't have. And so on our trip a handful of weeks ago, Jillian made a rule for the relationship that we only went into one crystal store a day. I didn't want him to get too crystal overwhelmed. So we stuck to one a day. But we got some good ones. Yeah. And the, the spectrum of crystal stores is quite interesting. There are some that are very like finished product that um, maybe they've already associated to like some Zodiac outcomes or maybe other things they're getting used for. And others are just like dusty, dusty rock shops. Definitely got to cleanse the energy on those coming out of there. (laughs) (laughs) Those were, those were kind of the outcomes I found for spiritual, not religious. Right. And so it's, you potentially participating in, um, Yoga, meditation, connecting with nature. Gosh, connecting with nature is like almost all of those, right? As a (laughs) high theme. I also wanted to sit there and really dive into maybe more outcomes that are not spiritual, not religious. And this shocked me. This surprised me. The, the, The list of things, right? So... Wrapping it all back up to what I originally kind of stayed, set out with um, the hippie movement, it's as human beings and potentially even more as millennials, we, we seek community, right? And so it's like if you don't have an embedded community in your life, more often than not, you'll go try to find one. You'll You'll find something that you identify with. You'll find something that... Uh, as Jillian would say, has great vibes and, and you'll be drawn to those things. So I wanted to go find where all of these places were and then really kind of dive into them piece by piece and just think, oh, wow, that actually is, is exactly what it is without some religious core to it, right? One of the first ones I found, and this, this uh, is somewhat relatable and so I won't say this is relatable for everyone, but depending on where you work, there was a blog post that, that 
that kind of piqued my interest. And they're saying the workplace for millennials is potentially turning into their their community. They went as far as oh. to say their religion, but as their community. So that piqued you. What what was that? That's interesting. Because at first I was like, what? And then I was like, oh, I see that. There are some companies where it's maybe maybe beyond religion, maybe cult. I don't know. So it's maybe the longer version of cult called culture. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is does cult really short for culture? No, not okay. at all. It just it just fits in there. <laughs> Good one, Chris. You tricked me. <laughs> so there there is a gentleman. His name is Wes Gay. And he wrote a short blog post and it says, have millennials replaced religion with work? This will be in the work society because I did save it and, and I will put it in there. Um, he said, he said this, there's a couple things I want to touch on. He says, I've noticed a trend companies. Now this is not inclusive of all companies, but companies have now invested more time and more money in great experiences for their employee base. Culture is the number one topic in companies, particularly those wanting to keep top talent. So I think, again, not inclusive of everyone's uh, occupation or companies that you, right. you are an employee of. Yeah. But in my, my experience, I've worked in uh, the tech sector for a number of years now, and there's just so much there to try to yeah. it, make it feel coffee shoppy right not not the just long hours hard work there but they try to soften all of that with with a with an ambiance with a setting with amenities and and those types of things they're talking about like high-end espresso machines uh cafeterias on site uh less cubicles more collaborative workspace and it's like there's truly a culture there and yeah. so what what's been your experience with that oh man so chris and i actually met at one of these companies that had collaboration areas a cafeteria on site um and it was really nice and i i think um i've worked at kind of a, a varying degree of companies and culture i'd say where i am now has it's and maybe backing up a little bit in my mind this might have been more true before the pandemic and um, when we were actually in a physical Great office space and those we were in an office every single day, we were utilizing the area. It really was like a second home for a lot of people. And so, yeah, I, I think um, our the first place that we worked together was exactly that. Right. They had a lot of nice things. You had snacks right by your desk. I would use the snacks as an excuse to come see you. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> those little nut things, so because good. Those snacks were only on my floor, only on my side of the floor. Is that what they you're were. saying? They were. They really were. <laughs> and you were there. Um, and then I worked for another company that really believed they had a really strong culture, but it wasn't offset by um, how employees were treated. And so even though they had all the trappings of being like, oh, we're such a cool culture, when it came down to, did employees feel like it was a cool culture? Some did, a lot didn't. Um, and then now where I work, I feel like is a good balance. I, I am mostly to all remote. Um, and so really the culture is based on the company values and how they exercise them. And it's wonderful. It's, it's, they live up to their values and it's great. So, but as far as amenities, like I've definitely, the second place I worked, the one with the great culture 
and or with the supposed great culture, but maybe some lack of employee um, happiness really was the most like culty of the places. It had a very strong cult place, but you were expected to make it almost like a religion in that you ate, slept, breathed it. You believed in it to no fault. Um, and it was your God. Yeah, I can absolutely see that. Yeah, I remember you had to like almost put it on when you went to work because you're like, oh, I, I, I don't think I like this entirely. No. When I come home, I got to take it off, right? Yeah, literally a little bit. So two other points that Wes makes in his uh, blog post. He mentions that millennials are least likely to use their vacation days of any previous uh, generation. And they're the most likely to be workaholics. Which oh, would loosely correlate to say that they, they work more than ever and that being in that workplace, probably pre-pandemic, but potentially post-pandemic, mm-hmm. if you're in a situation where uh, your company uh, has everyone coming back to on-site. And then another point he makes, um, a Gallup survey that he referenced in the blog post, so you'll have to go into the blog post uh, that I post there. Uh, he mentions that many millennials actually choose a job based on purpose, not salary. What? This one is where I, I fall apart on my end of millennialism. I, I kind of consider myself just just a worker and that I've been developing my skills and what I do and my brand for for years now. And... Whoever wants to pay me the most, I will <laughs> definitely have a conversation with you to do those things. Obviously, I have some some items that I personally want and need in a workplace as well. But I am I'm very much motivated by by the income side of employment more than I am the purpose side of it. Um, being on the younger side of the spectrum, Jillian, does that change for you at all? I think it does in some ways. Um, I, I've definitely run into people everywhere I worked where they, they say like, this is their dream job. They've found a passion for something, for a purpose that the company has that they really connect with. And in some ways, like that's very understandable. It's very hard to keep your energy up and going and look at the rest of your life or however long you want to be at a company and say, okay, I'm going to do the same thing day in and day out. And am I supposed to just like shut off my soul for these hours? Or do I want to work somewhere that actually like brings me joy and purpose and that I really believe in and believe that I'm making a difference in the world? Yeah. So potentially replacing religion <laughs> with work. Uh, I'm, I'm on the fence about that one, but the correlations are there to at least sit there and be like, ah, that's piqued my interest. I need to think about is work replacing it. Think about like, so, so we live in Utah and we have a lot of big tech companies around us. All are 10 years behind Google trying to copy whatever Google is doing. Yeah. But think about some of the bigger ones that have a lot of swag, a lot of notoriety around here. And you can almost like pick out the people who work for them, whether it's because they're just like dressed head to toe in their swag or by the people they hire and kind of how they act and what they represent. It is very interesting. I can definitely see that, that like it almost consumes you, almost becomes your personality. Yeah. And I think that kind of dovetails into the rest of the options from the survey that I want to get into where it's, you're finding a community within that community. There is a culture, right? And people identifying with that culture or that community kind of take on 
that identity. And as millennials, we're allowed to span multiple communities. Like we don't, we're not subject to just being in one community there. But yeah, they they all come with a a, a package of what it looks like and, and what it feels like. And so there was a survey given by Y Pulse. Not familiar with Y Pulse, Ooh. but fabulous article, everyone. Is it W H Y or Y the letter? It's hip. It's Y, y as the, the letter. letter Pulse. Okay, cool. Right? Thank and you. so they surveyed a thousand individuals that spanned the Gen Z and millennial generations. And they asked one question. And the question was outside of family and friends, where do you? find your sense of community what that's a great question yeah this was it was hard to get the right words put together to get to the content thank you google for having such a great search engine that's overly indexed and finally got me to the right place (laughs) (laughs) but i I just want to go through this punch list and i wanted to just like hit on these items and and talk about them let's do it and so one the first one doesn't surprise me at all when i give it thought at all uh Social media platforms by far across millennium, uh, millennials and Gen Z were the number one outcome. And it looks like you could do multiple choice on this survey, but even though there was multiple choice, they identified as social media platforms. That right? is fascinating to me. Wow. What's fascinating about that? Because it almost doesn't surprise me. Maybe fascinating in that I had never considered it, but it truly is like, I can see it. Yeah. I, mean, I never considered it. Um, I, I know certain people don't subscribe to social media, yep. but I would think outside of that cohort of people, more than likely millennials have more than one social media platform that they consume on some average during, during the week. And that, and it's almost curated, right? That ability to, to mute or that ability to add really starts bringing in just, just maybe the things you want to see, yeah. right? And I think, so personally, I only, use, I only have a Facebook now because of Facebook groups. There are two groups that I am in that literally, like, I feel at home with them. I feel like I can ask questions. They have a lot of, we have a lot of common interests that maybe aren't reflected in the physical community I'm in. Um, that I find a lot of like joy and, and joy in. Yeah, that's really the word. Um, so that absolutely makes sense. This would be connections I wouldn't have if not for the internet. Yeah, absolutely. You didn't have to go to Berkeley, right? That's, I that's didn't have all to go I to wanted Berkeley. to like wrap it around. The internet has created a Berkeley for people to go to, <laughs> right? And so when I think of social media platforms, uh, they, they come in maybe two different like flavors of brands when it creates a community. Facebook yeah. has a very direct and concentrate they have communities right it's structured that way reddit kind of is the same thing right you have a subreddit you have moderators you have people that that are are interacting within that thread and you're really just you're in that thought train of that subreddit thread while you know you're part of that community and that thought train itself and then it's even linkedin right LinkedIn has a very different uh, platform with different material. Somehow it's all morphing into what is less business, <laughs> <Facebook>. more... <laughs> What's that? Facebook. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's staring at Facebook right now and walking towards it. But all of these platforms create 
almost a sense of community. I was on uh, LinkedIn just the other day. I always tease Chris that LinkedIn is his, is his favorite social media because he's on it all the time. <laughs> it allows me to keep up with people that I've lost track of. Why do you keep up with them via LinkedIn rather than like Facebook or Instagram? I think I enjoy watching people grow in their careers Mm -hmm. more than helping their kid like catch a fish. That's fair. Right? It's maybe a different little bit topically. I know sometimes it crosses over quite a bit. But uh, just the other day, uh, someone I know got a brand new job, great title, and I don't post on there much, but I had to post on there because I love this guy that I've worked with uh, in the past, and I just had to give him just a shout out, right, and just be part, just be part of his congratulations. Without that platform, one, I wouldn't have known where he was because I didn't keep in touch with him uh, outside of when we stopped working together, and two, I wouldn't have seen that great news, right? And so it's like I, I just literally warp speed right back into to his world and his reality to give him some congratulations and still being a part of his community. And that's what, that's what I love about that. And I think there's a little bit more indirect community. I think maybe more of the, uh, is Snapchat still a thing? I know people that use Snapchat. I'm not sure if it's widely used though. But, sure. but the, the other part of it was like the TikToks, the Snapchats, the Instagrams, <laughs> right? The TikToks. That, that may be less community in nature and more of just consumption of things that you like and identify with. Yeah. They're more pushing, pushing things to you rather than like interaction. It seems. But there's, there's so much out there in the world that you can pick and choose what you connect with and you can sit there and feel either tightly or loosely a part of what that community is Interesting. or what that person's doing inside of that community itself. And uh, in research, I didn't write down a lot. A lot of the a lot of stuff that I was reading was actually religious folks doing research and trying to figure out how to like reconform the organized religion to attract people back to it. And a lot of it was people being like, "Oh yeah, I get on TikTok and I I read a scripture now, right, so that I can go reach." people and so you you see uh religious people that are are concerned with people leaving trying to get into their media uh mediums and those things to still be able to reach out to them nothing wrong there right using things trying to reach people but yeah it's all part of the community interesting okay next this one is the one that i could probably spend three more episodes on (laughs) and i would have never done this unless it was served up to me video games as a substitute for religion. I am so curious. Please go on. Just with that thought, Jillian, how do you think that this correlates video games? So two things, I guess. One is like kind of the, the accomplishment of it, like moving up levels, moving forward, like forward progression. 
is something that a lot of video games have, I'm assuming. I'm not a huge video game person. Do very much enjoy them when I play, but I'm assuming that's a theme across most, if not all. Um, and then the second is like the community around video games, right? Like you can stream, you can chat to people over them. I know when all of the house homies play, like that's when I want to play video games is connecting with you guys and chatting with you over something kind of outside of our daily life. Yeah, absolutely. I remember playing video games as a kid on all the different like advances in technology through the Nintendo systems there. Um, but video games have changed drastically drastically and the the pandemic alone just accelerated the adoption of video games generally there as well what video games now for those who maybe don't participate in that space as much there's so many different video games there's so many different versions of video games but at the end of the day when they started making them cross-platform and they started making the ability to like chat uh with people or being able to like group up with your friends like world of warcraft so i played five minutes of world of warcraft and definitely found out that it wasn't for me but world of warcraft has probably been around since the early 2000s somewhere around there uh, this is a platform and this is a community that is enormous and there are people that I've been best friends on this platform, never met each other in real life. Right. And so it's like, you can, they have, they have guilds, they have all sorts of stuff. You, you go find your people. That's adorable. Right. And yeah. so now you have, now you have discord. Now you have Twitch where you can actually just go and connect with someone that's playing a video game where you can create a space for all of your friends to get together and play video games. And I was like, Wow. I could see how that really scratches the itch of community, yeah. right? And so again, the advent of technology and internet, but but video games, second on the list. High high offtake when people were asked the questions, where do you find community? I love that. Right? Um, we'll skip that. So social media group, I feel like we covered that already. Uh, work, believe it or not. Uh, millennials answered looks like almost three times as much as Gen Zers. That's very interesting. I wonder why. I wonder if, like, when was the survey taken? Do you know? Um, it looks like, yes, I do. Uh, last year, March 2021. Okay, okay. And so I think some of these are, are, are swayed based on, off of age or distance from, like, um, a life event. Yeah. When you start going through them. Well, that makes uh, sense. The, the next one is school or alumni organizations. Uh, Gen Zers overwhelmingly picked that one compared to millennials. And I think that's just distance from yeah. that life event there. Right. Uh, I know I don't do anything with my school alumni association or, or anything like that, but I can see how that would definitely be a place that people could find that. For sure. All right. Uh, shared interest groups. This one, this one kind of like gave me the question mark above my head. Shared interest groups. But I thought of uh, the app. Are you familiar with the app Meetup? No, I've never heard of it. All right. There's an, there's an app called Meetup, and it's essentially just a menu of different people with different interests as, as groups of people. So say that you're really into uh, disc golf. There's 
people that will post like, hey, this group of 12 people are getting together to play disc golf at this disc golf uh, course at this time. Open door, everyone's welcome, that's right? Cool. And so I... I assume that that shared interest group is kind of that. That might be a stretch or uh, say you played softball or, or uh, adult co-ed soccer, flag football, those types of things. I could see that as being kind of shared interest there as well. So I don't know, maybe, maybe cycling for you, like cycling class. Yeah. Or I know I know someone who crochets and she has a crochet group that she goes to every week and they like trade patterns and sit together and crochet. It sounds adorable. I almost want to learn how to crochet to join. Wow. <laughs> I didn't one, didn't know that exists. Two, didn't know you were invited. I, I'm not invited because I oh, don't know how to crochet. So <laughs> I would like to learn and then infiltrate the group because they seem like a lovely bunch of humans. Uh, yeah, book club maybe. Too. Oh, book club's a great one. Right? Recipe club, that's a huge thing here in Utah. Okay, okay. Um, a fandom. Ooh. Fandom's so wide ranging, but I can see how so many people feel that that like sense of community within the fandom itself. Right. And so when I got thinking about it, I was like, wow, this could be a little bit of, of anything. My, my mind raced to Comic-Con. Interesting. Okay. Right. And yeah. so within Comic-Con, I mean, how many, I, I don't know my, my, my comics or my comic universes yeah. quite well, but it seems to be just an enormous menu of, of different brands. <laughs> With within that that fandom in that space, and I know a lot of people find each other and go and participate whatever level that they want to within that fandom. Um, just today, while you are you and I were out doing errands, there seemed to be uh, enormous uh, car show that wasn't necessarily like a competition of anything. It's just a bunch of people bringing their cars together to a parking lot to like go check it all out, see who has what, go see all of those things. I can see how that fandom uh, really brings people together that probably never crossed each other in life otherwise, right? Yeah, that's cool. Uh, I know that there are fandoms around uh, tattoos, right? There, there are anything that can be conventionalized, right? It's like, we have a, a tattoo con, a convention, right? There, there's a fandom that, that's created there. And I think, you know, happenstance could have you crossed some of the most lovely, wonderful people meet in your life, but you wouldn't have done it ever without that common interest that, that you both uh, pursued, right? That's super interesting. That's what, interesting. What's your fandom, Jeej? Um, I am a Beth. If you are unaware of that, what that is, that is Kate Kennedy's Be There in Five podcast. We are called the Beths. Did I go to a four-hour Taylor Swift dance party last year because she was there and did a little before show? I absolutely did. And it was really fun to like meet with people, meet people that um, had a common interest in kind of pop culture and what's going on in Zeitgeist and, and this lovely person that has brought us all together. So... Maybe that's my fandom. I thought you would have been Taylor Swift first, but yeah, Kate Kennedy oh, Kate is like one like B right underneath thing. Taylor, right? <laughs> okay, a couple more before before I wrap this up. A fitness organization or class? No. One of the articles I read, they said the best example of this is CrossFit. 
but the community oh, within crossfit is so tight like you just you just make new friends all of a sudden because you're like sweating and throwing weights together uh and competing against each other where maybe in a in a box gym or, or some other setting uh it's very isolation you know i've I like putting my headphones in. I like listening to my music and I like gymming <laughs> at my gym by myself. <laughs> and so CrossFit, yeah, uh, I could definitely see the, how it's the opposite of that, how it creates relationships and that community and what people would potentially want as being attached to it. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. So today, Chris, can you, can you describe what you did this morning? At, at the gym yeah. or at spin class? At spin class. Okay, spin class. Second time I've ever been to a spin class. Uh, I think I'm more of a Peloton person for the minimal times that I've even used that equipment. You love Cody Rigsby. Spin class, I can get on rhythm. And so that's, it's always to, to music. It's been great music every single time. But they start putting choreography in with my arms, like doing push-ups off the bar and stuff. And I fall apart. My, I can't get my arms and my legs to do certain beats at certain times and I look like I'm halfway falling off a bike in the dark as bank class. Okay, he's not getting giving himself enough credit. He did awesome. It's really truly a challenging class. It's kind of in the dark. There's some light lights that go on and off during the time, but it's 45 minutes of like really intense cardio work. And Chris is not a cardio person by nature. Um, but very charismatic teachers, great music as he said, and you're just surrounded by people. Chris, do you think you would have done that workout as you did without the community there? No, I did that workout because I'm because I'm your life partner and we did, we <laughs> okay, went together. Okay, maybe that was a bad example, but I always feel like <laughs> having other people around going through it all together really does bring that community and makes me perform better. Yeah, than I, would I think by that myself. calls to you a lot more than me. Like, I think it was fun. I think it was fun to have. Because I'm a people, purple aura. What's that? Because I'm a purple aura. Yeah. I think it was fun to have people there. Um, but at, at the end of the day, I don't think I needed it as much to do the workout or maybe enjoyed that there were people there at, to the level that you might. But I can Fair see enough. how people are in that community. Um, CrossFit, I, there's a wonderful podcast uh, called It Might Be a Cult. <laughs> um, I want to submit CrossFit to them and see if they can cross, if they can, uh, see if CrossFit matches whatever level of what they do on their podcast is. It's wonderful. Quick correction. It's called Sounds Like a Cult. Sounds Like a Cult. Thank you very much. Got it wrong. Sounds Like a Cult. Fun show. Fun show. Very fun show. Uh, let me just wrap a couple more things up here. Uh, athletic team or club. I, I don't think you and I are into sports enough to have jerseys and go to anything. But a lot of people, that's their thing. They find people tailgating, right? They find people that uh, at maybe local establishments to go and enjoy a common activity together there. And then uh, lastly, very down the list, fraternity to sorority. So if you actually participated in that and still kept in touch with everyone, there's almost a baked in community there, right? And so there's no telltale, to, to wrap it all together, there's no telltale signs of where anyone is going in mass. It seems to be that millennials with their their curiosity and their independence are are seeking things that that call to them or seeking multiple things that might call to them 
and oftentimes do come with some level of, of community. So whether you're spiritual, not religious, uh, whether you're just a nun, a spiritual nun, N-O-N-E, or just religiously exhausted, it doesn't preclude anyone from actually going and finding that connection with other people doing other things. This was so much fun to research. It was so much fun to see. And it's really kind of eye-opening. You're like, oh yeah, that, that, that's me. I, I do that, <laughs> right? I, I find that Jillian was a couple more of the things than I was, which was even more fun. But yeah, uh, I think this all comes back to like, find your, uh, what was your post? It was all about authenticity on, on Instagram. It's like, find your authentic self. And when you find your authentic self, find those things that make you happy and then find your way back to that happiness often, right? Can't stress it enough to just truly, truly take the time, figure some things, things out to um, level set. It'll help on all levels of your life. What was the most interesting thing from what we just talked about today, Jeech? Oh, man, there was a lot of good stuff here. I was really fascinated by the video games, too. That ranking that high was unexpected and, and really cool. It was definitely something I could see. But I loved all the research and I love where people are finding communities because at the end of the day, at least to me and you, it doesn't matter if you're sitting in Sunday mass or if you are going to forest church or if you're sitting down and playing a video game. If if you feel like you're living your best life and your most authentic life and you're finding your happiness, keep doing it and don't let anyone take that away from you. Could not agree more. Uh, that's that's it. That's that's what I had today. Uh, thanks for participating. Thanks for being here. Wonderful, Jeej, the best co-host ever. Uh, where can anyone find us, Jeej? All right, you can find us on Instagram at Mind the Millennial Gap. You can find us on TikTok at uh, Mind the Millennial Gap as well. And then um, you can email us at mindthemillennialgap at gmail.com. Please send any thoughts, questions, comments, ideas. If you want to come on the show and talk, we would love that. Yeah, we'll get another mic. Yeah, we'll get you another mic. You won't even have to share with me. It'll be great. Yeah, but we truly love you all. It's been, I've made some really great friendships through this personally. It's been very fun to, um, to be part of this community. Maybe this is a religion for people now or will be at some point. This is fun. That's a scary and exciting thought. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible. I have nothing else. Thank you again, everyone. Feel free to share. Jillian has one thought. I've, I'm sorry, I cut her off. Oh, just really quick. Tune in next week. It'll be our wrap-up of our Millennials and Religion series. And it is on um, Mystic Millennials. We are going to dive we're in. It. We're doing oh, it. We're doing it. We're doing it. I cannot wait for this one. <laughs> we're diving in deeper to what Chris talked about at the beginning. Oh, cannot Crystals wait. Crystals will abound. Oh, I'm just going to surround myself with every rock in the house. But, but we learned today some of them fight, so we'll... I'm going to make sure that none of them fight with each other and then surround myself. Perfect. Wonderful. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for coming to this episode. Thanks for coming and growing with us, and thanks for putting up. Uh, we got uh, even more help from the the wonderful intern, Ace. I uh, He's helping us with our audio. We've, we've had some issues. He's way more than an intern now. Full-on staff member. 
death he's intern. <laughs> unpaid staff member. Unpaid staff. Recognize unpaid staff member. There we go. Thank you again, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.